Well, good day. I'm Mark Sylvester, ambassador of 805 Connect and your host for this 805 Conversation, where we talk to fascinating people you'll want to know better. Our show is sponsored by Pullstring Press. Thanks to Patrick for partnering with 805 Connect and providing this great studio for our podcast. Welcome, Patrick. Hi, nice to see you, Mark. The 805 Connect project is supported by partners and sponsors throughout the region. We thank them as well. More information at 805connect.com slash partners. Well, today's guest, I'm thrilled to have Ken Opplinger, who's the president and CEO of the Santa Barbara Chamber of Commerce. And with him, Zoe Taylor, who's the Director of Economic Development. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's great to be here, Mark. Now, I understand in the minutes just before this that you both have done radio. This is on-demand audio, so it's the new 2015 version. (laughs) Ken, tell me about your radio story. Yeah, so um, you know, I moved here two years ago from Bellingham, Washington, and during the time I was there, I had a, a weekly public affairs show that ran for an hour on a Sunday morning from 8 to 9 a.m. for pretty much the whole 10 years that I was there. So wow. I would drive up the hill to the radio station and host that uh, every week. What was your favorite part of that? You know, actually, my favorite part was the fact that I could provide commentary in real time on the stories that were affecting the business community in my area. Right. Um, so, it, you know, for me, it was wonderful because it allowed me to sort of focus, and I got to start each week already being on top of the issues that I'd be dealing with that week. Wow. So you went into Monday just fully informed. Ready to go. Exactly. I love that. Zoe? Well, I spent quite a bit of time in Ventura on a regular basis with the radio, two radio stations there. As well as I also had a TV sh- monthly TV show TV there. show. And I also had one when I was the chamber exec in Pico Rivera. I had a t- monthly TV show there. And um, also then when I was in Paso Robles uh, as the interim CEO, I was on the radio about four times in the nine months I was there. So what was your biggest surprise doing radio? Um, what was... I think probably the fact that of the type of listeners that we had, because Mm. I'd get a lot of feedback after the show and say, I didn't know the chamber was Mm. doing that. I Mm. didn't know that was going on in our business community. It was very encouraging that people were actually listening to radio. Yeah, no, absolutely. I can remember times where people would uh, say to me, like on Monday or Tuesday, oh, you know, I heard your show. And I'm thinking, as I'm doing it at 8 a.m. on a Sunday morning, no one's listening to this. No, it's amazing the number of people who were paying attention, so... And now with on-demand audio, people are listening to this. We have one person listening to us right now. We're in their head. And they're either walking their dog or they're cooking or they're shopping or they're working out or they're doing something. And the personal listening is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, now, do you listen to podcasts? Mm-hmm. I want to ask you that. Yes? Mm-hmm. Yep. Ken, and tell which pod, what's your favorite podcast right now? <laughs> well, you have to sort of uh, acknowledge the fact that I am a, a, a massive soccer fan. Ah. So there, there's uh, there's two gentlemen called the Men and Blazers who now actually have their own TV show, but continue to do a podcast that is sort of uh, for American soccer fans the uh, the must go to podcast in the in the country. So, and and what is it that you like about it the most? Um, well, certainly the on-demand part is is nice, but I think for me what it is is, is that it's opened up this entire new um, aspect of, uh, of entertainment information because you don't have to sort of ensure that you have the – uh, the, the, the number of people you need to make the show go at the time you're providing it. Like you said, it's sort of right. as people can consume it, they do that. And so I think it, it's opened up a lot more possibilities for the media that we have out there. 
what we're doing with 805 Conversations is an adjunct to the 805 Connect project. I think it speaks to what you were talking about, Zoe, which is I didn't know that was happening in the region. And for the last 18 months, I meet new businesses every single day and new interesting stories every day. And I, I try to write about them. And I found that uh, there's a certain percentage of people that will read what you write, but we've got massive ADD, so that's a challenge. And then we started doing webinars, but that meant they actually had to be glued to a screen and watch it. And then I met Patrick and we said, gosh, this is an easy way to get a message out in interesting conversations with people. So far, we're having fantastic success. So thank you very much uh, for joining us. Now, I have a lot of things that I want to talk about, but I practice improv. And so I'm prepared, but I don't plan anything. Okay. I'm with yes, you. And. <laughs> I've done a lot of improv myself. Have you? Yes. Tell me about that. Well, uh, in Ventura, you know, there's great theater down Very there. Very much so, yes. And so there's a great improv theater down there as well as the Rubicon Theater. And I've done, I've taken a lot of acting classes through the Rubicon Theater primarily. So how, okay, let's stay with that for a second because <laughs> I, I love that, that we, we have our day jobs. And then in our case, Wednesday night here in Santa Barbara, uh, we do improv it's workshops, right? And they do a show once a month. And one of these days, I'll get um, enough courage <laughs> to get up on stage in front of a, an audience of, that's not my peers. How did you? How does that help you? That experience in improv help you in business? Oh, it's incredible! It absolutely is incredible because um, it's it helps immensely when you're in front of groups. It helps you think about what you're going to say at the spur of the moment. And more importantly, when I went through the U.S. Chamber Institute of Organizational Management, uh, we had an incredible instructor from Washington, D.C., who did an, uh, just a quick blitz interview with you. Oh. And so when I have been in two chambers that have had major disasters, oh. and so when the press hits you immediately, right. you have to be able to answer those questions. So being in theater... Uh, it gives you that opportunity, particularly on the improv side. I love that. Have you ever done improv, Ken? Um, not up on stage. Again, like you, it would be something that I'd right. uh, aspire to do at some point. But, you know, as, as you're well aware, there's this whole new um, theory of, of, of management, a new philosophy about using improv to really improve, exactly. um, I think, all aspects of your business. Um, a great book that uh, the folks in Chicago at Second City have just come out with called Yes And, which really sort of, I think, really provides good a book. great overview for how you can bring some of those theories of improv into your business. So, We did a um, 805 Live, which is the live event side of 805 Connect, uh, jointly with Strategic Samurai, did a speaking workshop last weekend called Strategically Speaking, and we had our instructor come and do a two-hour piece on live performance, and it started with a lot of improv just to get everybody kind of loosened up, and so I'm a huge fan of that. I have many other things to talk about, but we could spend all the time talking about improv. <laughs> we'll do that again sometime. I, I, yes, and... <laughs> so, um, so. I know that you're you're not new to chambers at all, but you're new to this particular role in the chamber. Um, and so I want to talk about economic vitality and I want to talk about economic development, which is how 805 Connect started. 
but I want to understand what's the chamber's role in economic development. We'll, we'll just bat this around for a few minutes. Well, uh, you know, economic development in today's world with chambers of commerce is, uh, in, in addition to advocacy, is the number one reason that chambers exist today. Um, because it's business retention, business expansion, and business recruitment. And you can only have quality of life through economic vitality. So it all fits in together very well. And it's only in the last uh, 10, 15 years that Chambers of Commerce have actually gotten really engaged in it, many of them in this kind of an endeavor that we now have in Santa Barbara. So it is time here in Santa Barbara, and I'm pleased that Ken was able to put this together. Uh, and so I'm excited because economic development is my passion. So, Ken, um, is EVT, is that still the kind of the umbrella, the economic vitality team? Is that what you're calling this? Yeah, exactly. And so just to sort of paint the picture for everyone, what, what we did was um, you know, two years ago, there were a number of different entities around the county who were involved in economic development. But we didn't really have a countywide organization mm -hmm. handling, right. such as you see in Ventura County or in San Luis Obispo sure. County. So the EVT, uh, as, you, uh, as you called it, the Economic Vitality Team of Santa Barbara County was formed as a means of providing us for the first time that, that countywide entity. We did it in a, in a way that's a bit unique. And as Zoe said, we're, we're, we're starting to see more and more of this around the country. But I think we were one of the first ones to actually have all of the chambers in the county come together and, and essentially jointly form this, this regional entity, not create a whole other uh, nonprofit, as, right. as you and I have talked right. about, right. the last thing Santa Barbara needs is another nonprofit organization. Right. And so it's 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 working together on things that are, like Zoe said, are important to Chambers of Commerce, but doing it in a partnership rather than trying to do it in our individual silos. Is it, one of the things I've learned with 805 Connect, because I think we have 24 chambers uh, in that whole region, it's a lot, um, that they tend to be siloed. And because it's around membership, you know, they want to keep their membership. And it's there's some competition, which is interesting. It's business. So I see, I see that. How is How did that work, getting, what is it, nine chambers you have? Yeah, for, for us, it's seven here seven. in the county. And, and essentially, it's the chambers that actually have uh, staffing. So there are one or two smaller chambers that are all volunteer-driven. We haven't included them in what we're doing, although they're certainly more than welcome to participate in aspects of it. But day-to-day -day management is handled by the seven chambers that have staffing here in the county. And, and you're right. I mean, I think there are certainly times as we look at the lay of the land here where, you know, there are there are aspects of what we're doing that might be duplicated in Goleta or in uh, Carpinteria. And so there's, there's, there's always a desire to make sure that we're not stepping on toes. But, you know, Mark, what I think is more important is the fact that uh, and, and Zoe, I think, can speak to this even better than I. You know, you've, you've got a situation all across the country, all around the world, where you do have chambers that are representing the interests of the communities that they serve, but it's one chamber per community. And so right. what, what we have always found is that there's actually more um, camaraderie and partnership between chamber execs than there is uh, sort of butting of heads huh. because – you know, when, when we have a problem here, we can reach out to our colleagues, and they sure. probably have seen them in their communities. They can share with us some of the things they've done to solve those problems. And because we really aren't in direct competition, because we're not sort of both in the same community, there's, right. there's much more sharing than you might see between for-profit businesses that are, you know, doing similar sorts of things. So. I would like to say that California is a little behind the rest of the country How's in regard that? to regional economic development opportunities with Chambers of Commerce, because... Um, when I was a full-time exec and, and 
connecting with a lot of chambers across the, the United States. There was a lot, particularly in the South and the East, that were really already doing this regional economic mm, development, mm. pulling all the chambers together. But this one is unique in the fact that normally economic development groups start from the government down. And this is from the ground up with the chambers. And what EVT is doing and why there's not this real heavy competition is the fact that we are going to be marketing the county as the place to continue to grow your business and expand your business, but also for new businesses to come in because of the diversity of our county is yes. so phenomenal. Yep. And it has not been marketed in that kind of diversity. So um, we are looking at pulling together all of the incredible opportunities in North County, um, basically the Santa Maria area, and then Central County as it's now being identified. Central County, that's a new word for me. Well, that basically includes uh, Lompoc, Buellton, and Solvane, that region, and then, of course, South County. But each of those regions of the county are very unique in their own. And so what we're going to do is working through the Chambers of Commerce. They'll take the lead in all of this, but we as an organization will then support what they're doing and fill in any backfill that we need to do. And also, we've just recently pulled in all of the economic development organizations across the county, including city governments. And um, this was our first meeting on June 17th. And this was really great because we had a roundtable discussion of what is working in their particular arena, what isn't working, what are the challenges, what do we as a whole entity need to address. And then we're going to be pulling together all of the commercial real estate brokers across the county, identifying where there are development opportunities. And then when we get our website up and working, which we're working on now, when people look at Santa Barbara County, if they have XYZ type of business, they may very well fit here in South County, but they very could, if they need large land or whatever, they would fit better in North County. So we'll be going to look at those kind of arenas, and then I'm pulling together a list of the tech companies that we'll be having a roundtable discussion. So we're bringing in these different industries to have discussion across the county so that we, as EVT, can support what they are doing. We don't need to reinvent something. All we need to do is build larger collaboration between all of the entities that are already doing phenomenal things. This reminds me of the Economic Community Project 20 years ago where industry clusters were identified. It was a chamber-led project and that went pretty well and then kind of after about five years kind of fizzled out. So I'm glad to hear that you're, you, there's a, a cluster focus as well. I, I've noticed that with 805 Connect, all of the different clusters and the little microclimates of economy that you find through you know, biotech and, and ag and bioag and manufacturing. It's, the diversity is very interesting. Let me ask you a question about the, the makeup of the EVT. 
it, its chambers mm-hmm. and then its uh, city government. Is this open if someone was interested in just coming to a meeting or joining? Is, is that encouraged or is this kind of a group of leaders right now? Well, the board of directors is actually made up of the CEO of each of the chambers. And then the the um, larger chambers have, they the CEOs will uh, appoint two business people to attend or two representatives from their community and the smaller chambers will bring one in that's the board of directors I see. got it um these other entities i.e the economic development roundtable um yes it's an open forum for people but we're looking at people who really have are directed towards economic development so um, right now, we're focusing a few things because we need to get our arms around it. You're and, just getting going. Uh, we just finished. Um, the board just adopted the business plan on May 22nd. So we now have a business plan, Great. and we're now putting the implementation strategies together. But when you're talking about clusters, we're working very hand-in-hand. In fact, uh, Ken has been on the board of the Workforce Investment Board, which yep. is... Sure. As of yesterday, it's the new Workforce Development Board, but I was just in Santa Maria for a cluster discussion, and so they're, they're doing a lot of the research. We don't need to do it. We're going to pull on sure. what the workforce group does, and that is this synergy of partnering with these different organizations that are already doing this. I was invited to join the Ventura Workforce, the WIB, Mm-hmm. Uh, Workforce Investment Board. Um, they've pulled a bunch of people together through Cal Lutheran from the business community to figure out how uh, do they embrace the startup and entrepreneur c- community, which is pretty much exploding down there in, in the southern part of the 805. So I'm, I'm just starting to get a sense of what that group does. Let me shift just a second. The person who's listening to us right now Chances are 52% of our members are uh, sole proprietors, small businesses. How does, a, how does a small business identify with this idea of economic development and vitality? Is there a role for that person in this, these conversations? Well, <clears throat> yes. Let's say short answer, yes. There's always a role for everyone to participate in, in, in the things that are going on. But I think what's more important is that that particular person probably has a real issue with trying to just invest the time and the effort and the energy needed to uh, to maintain and grow the business that they are right. the entrepreneur and right. leading. And so one of the things that I think is important to us is that we're, we're really trying to pivot the idea of what chambers do away from a sort of a, a gym style model and more towards a service model. So it isn't a you know, I joined the chamber and I'm not really getting anything out of it unless I am actually actively involved in doing things. And we still do a lot of stuff like that. And you're welcome to do that. What we really want people to understand is stuff like this with EVT. We're doing all this work on your behalf to help grow this economy Mm. and ensure Mm. that, you know, if you do end up being able to take on uh, your second employee in this startup business, that, you know, housing costs are affordable here, that we have ways to be able to get people from places that are more affordable, like Ventura County, the transportation's dealt with. Um, that, you know, if you, if you end up growing your business to a second, third stage, and you can't afford to have it here, that there's opportunities in Lompoc or in uh, Buellton, in their industrial areas, where it's much lower cost, and you can still stay here in the area. These sorts of things, I think, are, from our perspective, what's most important when it comes to economic vitality in the area. So, 
what I what I want to make sure is, is that we're reaching out and hearing from people what their ideas are, what they want to see happening. But I also want people to know that that this work is going to go on whether they are sort of have their finger on the pulse or not. So we want their their input, their involvement if they want, but we don't want them to feel like, well, geez, if I don't have the time, so I'm just not going to get involved in this because we're, we're going to be doing this work regardless. This is what Chambers was supposed to be doing. And let me just build on that a little bit. In Are you yes anding us right now? <laughs> yes, I am. Um, that's the improved side I of me. I love it. Um, but anyway... Um, the thing about it is, is there are several things that the businesses are concerned about that are already here. And that is, of course, a skilled workforce. So that's where we have yep. to work for the, with the workforce uh, board. And we have to work with all of our schools from uh, the university, our community colleges, and even into the high school arena to get people geared that way. As Ken said, housing is a big piece of yep. the pie. And then to uh, transportation is another big piece of the pie. So the businesses that might be listening to us today, they don't have time because in today's world, they are scrambling so hard to keep their doors open, to keep their employees taken care of, and to grow their businesses. That's what Chambers of Commerce do and that's what now Economic Vitality Team does, is we're taking this up to a different level. The chambers, um, the chamber execs today are so much more in that level of economic development and advocacy and workforce development. Those are the, the top three core competencies of a chamber. And so now we're taking it to another level with the Economic Vitality Team. And so we want to create and a financial, a strong economic financial base here that we can then grow and continue to grow so people can afford to put their business here, they can grow their business here, and people can live here. I'm so glad you're working for us because that's really what you're doing, and that's what I heard is that um, you're, you're thinking about that so I don't have to think about that. I can worry about the business. Mm -hmm. I'm going to shift again. Sure. I was uh, involved in the chamber back in the day. I was on the board for years, and it really was that gym model. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. I like this service model. Right now, we've got um, a whole new generation. They're called millennials. We want a, a better name for them because uh, when I say they're a millennial, that, that automatically distances me from them. <laughs> <laughs> so that's not good. I've got to figure that out. However... It's a huge, huge new population to pay attention to, and they're, they're starting businesses, and they're really interested. I don't know that they know about joining chambers. They've heard of them, but I so that's my dad, what my dad did or my uncle did. H how is the chamber relevant now to this new younger um, business person? Yeah, that's the $64,000 question. That's, you know, how, how, how are we bridging that gap and ensuring that uh, generations that are coming up now see the value of the chamber that we're trying to create? Um, I, I think a lot of it for me, and it depends on the chamber, but we'll just, we're, sure. we're in Santa Barbara, we'll talk about the Santa Barbara You have Barbara the mic. Chamber. It's all you. Awesome. So, it, you know, what, what, I, what I really believe here is that it's not that we, we don't have room for improvement. We're always looking for new programs, sure. new things we can do. But I think that it's really making sure that we're telling our story. 
that oftentimes um, the the lack of communication, the lack of communication through mediums that uh, people in that generation are using, like podcasts, like podcasts. So we appreciate that. Um, I think that's that that's where the disconnect is for me because if if we do a better job of telling our story, the things that we're doing to help. Um, help folks out without them having to spend a lot of time on it. I think that really carries the day. And and so we can see that in, in some senses where you look at the millennials who are involved in the chamber and they're folks who um, either because they're, say, mid-level management in a bank, and so we've got better access to them because the banks have always been strong members of the chamber. Sure. They can see the sorts of things that we're involved in. And so they can sort of say, okay, there are opportunities for me to be able to sort of get involved in the community through this, but but I see all these wonderful things that are going on uh, that are sort of helping me and my family so that I can stay here in Santa Barbara and prosper and grow. So I think if we can find ways to better communicate, I think that will bridge a lot of the gaps that we have. Let me just take it. Uh, there's always trends in chambers, and there was a big trend just a few years ago, of, and a lot of chambers still have them, and they're running successful. Many of them have gone away, but they had young professional groups. Okay, And sure. um, as I was interim CEO in several chambers, they had young professional groups. And what was interesting is there was this big flutter of getting engaged and doing their own thing and looking at it in a different way. But after a while, they wanted to be assimilated more into the larger group. They didn't want to sit at the kids' table? They didn't want to sit at the kids' table. You put it perfectly, Mark. Um, they wanted to be engaged with all the players. They needed that business connection with all the players. And and Chambers now are doing a lot with social media, which just a, <laughs> just a few years ago, right. Chambers out with social media, what's right. that? So in, in addition to something that this is great because it's another um, way to reach folks, but through social media, we're now be able to connect with these young people. But they really are looking at ways to get integrated and to expand and grow into the next position that they're going to be in. It's very fascinating. I've been studying this a lot. There's a lot of great literature on this. Um, it's just it's interesting. Let's say mm -hmm. that because it's uh, I, I come. I'm a boomer, so I come from that gen very active, very involved, very vocal, cause oriented. And then the next generation, my, my kids, I don't think they were like that at all. Yet this generation, it feels like this has skipped a generation. We're right back to 1968 again in the sense that they're very involved, very um, concerned about what's going on. And I, I love it. I mean, I look at uh, the, the young people that are running something like Earth Day Today and the Soul Festival and, and how that whole group of people there's marketing folks, there's uh, communications folks, all young, very engaged, and they're all their work is with nonprofits. It's very interesting. So they're adding a lot of value. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, part of it though, I think, is numbers because as a Gen Xer, I can tell you that I think part of the that generational shift or the skipping of, of my generation is that if you look at the sheer number of people in the mm. boomer generation mm. and the sheer number in the millennials. 
we sort of felt like we were, you know, <laughs> hi, don't forget about us down here. <laughs> so, so I think part of it is that, you know, when, when, you, when you look around and you've got so many people who are sort of of your generation, yep. thinking like you, that, there's a power in numbers there that I don't mm. think Gen X really had. So. And mm. it's very interesting because I have granddaughters and all of their friends that are in that age group, and they're all very successful in their businesses. But what's very interesting is what you're talking about. They're all getting very engaged in doing something for right. their community, which goes back to what the thought process was with Chambers of Commerce way back. You used to join to give back to the community. Mm. So we're we're and and then we've made this sw- this shift. But the young people are now saying, okay, I'm getting into middle management or management or I'm growing up in this. I need to do something for my community. And what's very interesting, just about a month ago, I sat in a room with 45 young people in their mid-20s to their mid-30s. And the discussion on social, the social culture, the political environment and the business environment, I just sat back and thought, oh my gosh, this is totally awesome. So you were sitting in a room of our future leaders. Absolutely, and I was thrilled to death. So you've got some hope. I have a lot of hope. I, I really love do. that. Let shift again. So with the Economic Community Project, uh, Santa Barbara's unique. I mean, this, this whole region is unique. The con- the idea, the very idea that w- anybody would spend money to attract more people here where we have scarce resources and housing and land and development w- was just an anthem to the whole project. And so we, we um, adopted this, not attract, but retain and grow. Yet earlier when we were talking, you were saying, let's market the county, let's market the region, so help me understand how that's going to go down with the general population when we start. they start hearing we're trying to bring more businesses here. I Personally, I think it's a great idea to bring business here. There are, there are gaps. There are, there's room. Have you thought about how you're going to market that? Well, you know, I think what you have to do is you have to look at it as, as Zoe indicated earlier. You know, we, have, we have a county here that is so diverse that if you think about it, there's not a business on the planet that we can't find a place in Santa Barbara County for them, just because the diversity of right. the, of the county we have. So as we're talking about attraction, it really is the area. You know, if I'm uh, talking about attraction in Santa Maria, um, things like um, distribution centers, uh, things like value-added ag. I mean, mm. these are the sorts of things that value-added ag. Hold, hold it. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. We play a game here called buzzword bingo. Oh. <laughs> And did I did, did I win? You, Bingo! It, just, it went it went off, and we have special music and everything. Oh, good. Uh, and so, we, just to be clear, we do not have special music. <laughs> okay, Patrick, I was waiting for yeah, that. There we go. Uh, it's in my head, and uh, so value added ag. You've mm-hmm. got. I have to stop you. What is that? So generally, when we think about agriculture, we think about sort of the 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 entry level, which is strawberries, avocados. Well, yeah, it's the actual production of the crop. Yes. So value-added ag is then sort of taking the thing once it's it's harvested from the earth, right? And then something else is done to it that adds value to it before it then goes on to market. So it's either Give me an you're, example. You're turning it into some sort of high-level juice, or you're um, you're um, 
uh, you're taking a, a meat product and adding to it because of something that uh, people want out of that, whether it's like a jerky or something. It's, I mean, all these things that sort of take a product, wine's a perfect example for us, sure, taking sure. the grapes, turning them into wine, all that is value. You're essentially adding value to the agricultural product before it goes to market. Huh, learned something new. And, Thank and you. the interesting thing about it is, is when you're, uh, because you were talking about recruiting businesses and, and you were just generally, if I heard you right, talking about Santa Barbara. But let me just share with you that you can recruit businesses that don't have a negative footprint on the community mm. because of the new type of businesses sure. that are coming in. So we have all of the entrepreneurs here particularly in, in Santa Barbara Direct, and you have the tech companies. But then there are two new companies that I'm not privy to mention up in Santa Maria that have are, are looking at coming to Santa Maria. Oh. So the thing about it is, is when we're, and there's room there at the Santa Maria Airport, there's room at the Lompoc Airport, there's a new space center operation going on in Lompoc, there's opportunities for military support businesses in the Lompoc area, there's new industrial area being um, put together in, in Buellton. And so you find these different niches, and companies are always looking at Santa Barbara because it has this special nuance to it. Sure. It has this cachet of this is where we want to be. So let's not turn them away just because they think of Santa Barbara proper or, or mm. South County. Mm. What we want to do is say, oh, yes, we really do want you. But this particular community doesn't fit you, but we have the perfect spot for you. This is why we have this collaborative approach with the commercial real estate people and the economic development people in the fact that we find somebody that says, okay, when we get our website up and they, they connect with us, we're going to be able to direct them right to the community they fit. And this is going to be a win-win for that local chamber of commerce. It takes away the competition. And there has been, as you well know, a competition between North and South County. Absolutely. Well, the beauty of it is that through this effort and our new broadband initiative, right. uh, we are we are now breaking down some of those barriers. We're a long ways away, but we're starting to break those barriers down. Well, and I, you know, the other thing, too, I think, is um, as much of a, uh, a free market uh, um, sort of entrepreneurial person as I am, I also know that um, communities that, that are successful uh, are successful in their growth pattern because they've planned to be successful. Hmm. And, and so one of the things that concerns me about our community here in Santa Barbara is that um, continuing to have this notion that the way that we preserve ourselves is to simply stick our head in the sand and say we're not letting anyone that's else where in I, here. that's where i was going yeah that 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 is not something that we can do if we want to actually preserve the place the way that it is what we need to do is is be forward thinking and and i think the idea with ebt is we be forward thinking on a county-wide level to sort of say all right for each of our communities this is how they want to grow this is how they want to prosper and and so we want to put plans in place to make that happen so for santa barbara for instance you know we have uh, between City College and UCSB, when I say Santa Barbara now, I'm talking sort of Santa Barbara glued together. 
Um, you've got two centers of higher education there, which along with a number of other factors are helping to drive this housing cost issue that we have. We don't want those entities to go away. We want them to grow and to prosper, but we've got to find ways to help them and to help ourselves because if we continue down this path of saying we're not doing anything else here, we're not going to deal with the fact that we've got a less than half percent um, right. a vacancy rate. We're not going to deal with the fact that our transportation system here is broken, that we've got a $400,000 backlog in infrastructure just here in the city of Santa Barbara, and we have no idea how to pay for it. These things have got to be dealt with in a planned way. And so I think what, what we want to try and bring to the table is discussions about how we can help with appropriate growth that helps Santa Barbara preserve itself. So things like looking at our transportation corridors and looking at very targeted density increases so that we can find ways to be able to house the people who are already here. Not future people that are coming, but how do we make sure right, we're dealing right, with the folks right. that are Santa Barbarans now? If we don't have those conversations, what's going to happen as we go forward is we're going to lose some of those economic drivers we currently have because they're not going to be able to sustain themselves if we can't house people, if we can't get them moved around here. Um, and if we then start to lose those economic drivers, being able to pay for the maintenance of this community is going to get a lot more difficult. So I, I think I, I hear what you're saying, but I think that um, there's a lot of people in Santa Barbara who, if they really want to preserve this place, they need to start thinking about how they do that in a proactive way rather than sort of a, I'm just not going to, I'm going to protest any other new development because that's how I'm going to save this place. That, that isn't how we do it. And that's how we bring the, the younger people in because oh, they're, the, they're the ones that we have the biggest um, challenge of losing that, that brain set. And so, because they can't afford to live here. Right. And so... That's where we get them engaged, and so it's this new thought process that they come up with. They help us come up with new creative thought processes by which we can identify new ways to do things. Doesn't mean because we don't want to. We don't want to damage the the ambiance of here of Santa Barbara. We don't want to ruin what. Is really sell Santa Barbara. What we want to do, as Ken says, is to find what makes this all work better. And there's always ways to do that. Well, and that's what we want to do. Exactly. And, and, and I think the nexus right now is the issue that we just dealt with last week, which is this vacation rental issue. Right. Because if you went to City Hall, as I did, and you watched that three and a half hour long uh, public testimony where almost 100 people came and spoke, Three quarters of the people in the room were speaking in favor of some way to be able to maintain an Airbnb model here in, in Santa Barbara. Right. Almost every single one of those people were 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 young folks. They were they were millennials oh. who were trying to find ways to be it. able to. They get well, it. they get it. But I think it's also that they were trying to use their 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 entrepreneurial spirit to be able to figure out how to stay in this community because it is just so expensive. Right. And what you what I saw at least on the other side were a lot of people who have been in the community a long time, probably bought their houses well before the big run up happened, and they're just they're so their own personal experience is so separated from the experience that many of us have trying to find a way to live here that there's there's not a tremendous amount of empathy there. And so mm. you ended up having a, a 7-0 vote by the council. And from a planning perspective, I understood their vote, but a, a 7-0 vote from the council that ended up after a three-and-a-half-hour-long public testimony took like 10 minutes. They all you know said their two minutes worth of stuff. They voted, and it was all done. Rather than having a conversation about, okay, well, we need to think about ways in this community that we can solve this problem maybe outside the box, come up with some plans of how we can allow some of this 
so that people who are in this generation can stay here. Rather than having that conversation, we just said, nope, we're stopping it, and that's that. And I think that's mm. it's that difference mm. that, that we need to get younger people more involved in so that they can start to tell the story of what it really is like to be able to try and, and start your life in a community like this. And let me just take it a little. It isn't just here in Santa Barbara because I was in Santa Maria this week. And I had sent out the notes from the Economic Development Roundtable. And the community development director of the city of Santa Maria had gotten the notes, and he talked to the chamber exec. And and in the discussion in Santa Maria, workforce housing is a part of it. And he says, but we have workforce housing here. Well, it's what type of workforce housing? And because it is your entry-level workforce, Mm. it's your mid-management workforce, and it's your executive workforce. So... There is a whole different shift of understanding of workforce housing. And so it's with that creative thought process. So when Ken's talking about being at city council, the chambers of commerce do the advocacy side. And then EVT is only going to deal with the economic side. So this is what the good marriage is with chambers of commerce. Because if we need to go in here in Santa Barbara with Ken or we need to go to San Maria with, with, uh, Glenn. with Glenn, then then they're doing the advocacy, but we're working behind the scenes on economic development. Uh, last question then. So we're, we've been talking Santa Barbara-centric, Central County-centric, North County-centric. 805 Connect is got two other county, big constituencies in there. Um, how, how are you working with, you know, your colleagues north and south of us to think about this, at least at some level, as a regional challenge? Well, I, I think very well. And, and, and part of the startup that we've had here has been in large part because of the good work that Mike Manchek has been doing in San Luis Obispo with their regional economic development entity and that Bruce Densley has been doing in Ventura with theirs. Um, you know, they... Uh, I think, well, when Zoe was the interim here, even before I got here, and then once I got here, continuing conversations with them, they, they really identified this, what they called the donut hole. The fact mm. that, you know, in between them, Santa Barbara really had no one for them to work with. And so just in the last two years, as we've been getting the startup going, we're now on the ground, we're working together. Uh, both those individuals are just absolutely ecstatic that they have a partner here that we can really start to look at some regional issues. So I think the first two things that have come up that we've partnered pretty well on, one of them is the broadband initiative that Zoe talked about, and and that really is our first big, meaty project that we yep. can all work on together yep. as a region. Uh, and the second one, frankly, is 805 Connect, and the yep. fact that you were there at the table early and, and got all three of us to say, you know what, this is something that we want to make sure that we are, in whatever little way we can, helping to... Uh, to market, to present to the community, because there's there's a there's a regional benefit to having this uh, the social connection of all these entrepreneurs here in the region. Well, I was just up at the uh, San Luis Obispo um, Economic Forum, and so because they do a lot with North County, but I have known Mike Manchek for probably 15, 20 sure, years, and guy. I have known known Bruce Densley longer than that, about twenty years, and so. Um, you have to be connected. And so, as Ken says, they're totally ecstatic about the fact that we have something going now, and they're extremely supportive. And I think the broadband initiative is going to be the one that's going to be our win-win in pulling the three counties together, but pulling our whole county together. 
I would love to invite you both back because I feel like we've got another four hours of things <laughs> to talk about. I want to I want to check back like in six months and see how things are going. I feel like there's a you've shifted my perception of what the role of the chamber is. Um, helped me understand how this is relevant to the person listening to us right now. So if you're listening to us. Um, go check out your local chamber, wherever wherever you are. Uh, if you go into 805 Connect, we've got a list of all the chambers with links to all of them. And we're huge supporters, and we're trying to figure out how we can continue to support what you're doing. And we really deeply appreciate that. Any other last thing you want to add? Well, just from our perspective, thank you for inviting us today. I think we're always more than happy to come and, and, and tell our story about the work that's going on both here in Santa Barbara and around the, the region. Um, for those who are here in this area, you can find us online at sbchamber.org um, or give us a call. Um, one of the nice things with Zoe and I is we are extremely accessible. Very we're happy much to so. talk anytime. You've got thoughts, ideas, just a question, uh, reach out to us, and, and we're always more than happy to talk and find ways that we can help your business. So One thing I do best is talk. <laughs> <laughs> I always have been known to do that. But um, this is a real passion of mine because I have been involved with economic development with chambers for a long time and but it's just now really getting its legs and I'm so excited that we have this opportunity here in Santa Barbara so we'll come back anytime Yay. you want us. <laughs> well thank you very much so I, I want to thank you both again uh, so much and so remind us how people can find out about the project you said a website's coming Yes, the EVT website is coming, but you can still connect with us uh, at the Santa Barbara Chamber. And so in our show notes, we'll have links to all yes. of that. Mm -hmm. So I want to thanks to Patrick at Pullstring for helping us create these 805 conversations. And we also thank our good friends at Bose, who uh, generously gave us these lovely headphones uh, that feel like, I, I say butter on my ears. I don't think they <laughs> like that, but uh, it just... It just feels very comforting. I'm just, I'm just impressed that they work because every radio station I've ever been into, I'd have to go through headphones to find a pair that work. These are wonderful. Yeah, I'm quite impressed. And, and yeah. they're so comfortable. <laughs> See, I'm, I'll send that to them. We also <laughs> want to thank Cielo24, who, a local Santa Barbara company, they provide the searchable captions for the podcast. So this whole conversation is automatically transcribed and then posted, which is great. So if someone is Googling for chamber or economic development or um, value-added ag, uh, <laughs> this conversation uh, will come up with it. So until next time, this is Mark Sylvester, your host for 805 Conversations. Mm -hmm.